I got a text from uh, the good man Gary in Upper Hutt. G'day, Gary. Uh, he said he only caught the end of the show on Monday. Sounded like you were after a company to do a trip with. Check out thewildindia.com. I've known these guys since they started and travelled with them loads. Wildlife, food, culture, it's excellent and relatively cheap. I'm going to have a look into that. Thewildindia.com. Um, Martin, hi, Staffy. I wish to apologise. Okay. Last week I gave the station a hard time for just being about rugby. Well, today my ears have been privileged to hear a multitude of sport. Thank you. I am loving it. Yeah, Martin, we... I know... I know what you're saying, Martin. I know what you're saying. But we were in a Rugby World Cup and then we did have to uh, do a wash-up of that as well and there's coaching and now we've got Super Rugby tomorrow. We'll be doing rugby tomorrow because the Super Rugby teams are going to be announced, etc. But I do take your point. We can get rugbyed out sometimes. And, you know, personally, I love... I love the other stories, like Faith Fui, um earlier this afternoon. That's the stuff I love. I just love it. This young woman from Samoa. Um, Staffy, do you know what happened to right you are in the cup? I don't, sorry, red man. I don't, sorry. Um, those people have the flake receptor. Easy to spot them in the tinfoil oil. <laughs> It must be for the uh, cilantro. Cilantro. Uh, Dave got one in the semi-finalist finalists. The two have never won the FIFA Men's World Cup. Um, I think I've covered all the text messages. I'm up to date. I'm up to date. So we are going to have a... Just double check. Yes, he's on the line. Um, Andrew Mulligan, he's going to join us. He is the voice of the crowd goes wild. He's the voice of the NBL basketball. In fact, he's the voice of basketball for me and the voice of Rebel Sport and the voice of reason. Welcome in, Mills. Um, are you enjoying the NBL at the moment? I am enjoying the NBL so far, Steffi. Thank you for that great intro. Always appreciate it. Hey, um, the NBL is, uh, it is bigger and more physical than it has been in recent seasons. And it's an interesting twist a lot of teams have retooled. A lot of teams have gotten bigger. Um, and this is where the breakers find themselves because they find themselves in a situation where they're a little bit smaller. They're not as physical as they were last year. And maybe they set the standard um, alongside, obviously, the likes of Sydney, who had the length of Xavier Cooks mm. and uh, and the like. But now um, it just seems as though the breakers with it. Uh, injury to Zylan Sheetham. They're just losing games where they're in winnable positions. They find themselves unable to close out close games or letting leads slip or coming back just falling short um, as well. So, yeah, it's, it's not dire. Uh, I'm not going to, no, no, one's, no one's raising the white flag or sounding the alarm bells uh, for sure, but um, they need to keep pace and they have a tough stretch coming up um, with games. Yeah, they've won two, lost five. Only played seven games. So they've got two or three games in hand of all mm. the teams above them, uh, but a really crucial stretch. Uh, next up, we've got Perth, who are also unaccustomedly quite, you know, more losses than wins as well. And I'm a bit of a romantic. I love the Breakers-Perth rivalry, and we were at the top for yeah. so long. But it's getting longer ago, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But they sort of reignited that rivalry when they had that unfortunate uh, tweets <laughs> about <laughs> Corey Webster um, and that came back to literally bite them on the butt um, when they lost in Auckland uh, to a fired up Wildcats team and uh, the Wildcats here yeah, they find themselves in a little bit of a pickle themselves there uh, they had a great win on Monday night over Melbourne United who only had only dropped one game coming into that one 
Um, but, yeah, Perth Breakers is always a great game. And playing at that arena, RAC Arena, uh, they get 13,000 people mm. um, and at those games. The environment looks incredible. Um, I really feel as though that the Wildcats are the kind of team where um, if they've got it right on Monday night, hopefully they um, won't get it right on the following night, the following game, because it's a little bit of an up-and-down season for them. Breakers... In reality, are only two wins out of the top six. So while ninth of ten, yeah. um, they're just two wins. And as I say, three games in hand on on Melbourne, um, on a number of teams, on Brisbane as well. So we can make up that way. Um, Parker Jackson Cartwright is getting into a lot of foul trouble. And he was asked about it at the post-game press conference. And he just sort of shrugged his shoulders. And, and I get the feeling he's not struggling, but taking a bit of time to adapt to the type of game in this league? Yeah, no matter what size you are, imports always um, take a while to adapt to the way the league is called. I think a lot of players this season, um, I think the officiating has been really, really good um, compared to um, what a lot of people have been saying previous seasons about the officiating is up and down. It doesn't seem consistent. I think when an import comes to a league, they do struggle to adapt. Um, I mean, he was the MVP of the Bundesliga last year. So he's used to the European physicality. Um, but I also feel as though his size, where he's um, you know he's well under six foot, they are going to target him. They are going to try and isolate him on switches and back him down. And He is causing a lot of havoc at the other end, though, Staffy. Like, he's getting um, teams on the back foot in transition, mm. cutting to the basket quickly. He's got a great first step. He's lightning quick. And he'll be able to um, to put pressure on some bigs as well. So it is a two-way street. Um, I think the physicality of the breakers has always been their problem under Modi Moore because they really ride a fine line of how physical they can be with teams. It was a it was a case last year where guys would um, be a little bit too physical, and that's their defensive intensity. That's just the way that Modi wants them to play. So um, they will get those fouls called on them when uh, when when it happens. I haven't fallen out of love with Modi Mayor at all, despite the win-loss record. He's still really upbeat, He and he was very positive, and in fact said he was delighted with his team despite that loss to Sydney. He's a crucial part of this makeup of the Breakers now as they look to turn turn their season round. Yeah, I love Modi. He is, um, he's an excellent coach, excellent motivator. Um, he gets the best out of his squad. Um, he's, he's honest. He'll, um, off the record chats, are very frank about guys he's playing, guys he won't play minutes, and the reasons why. Um, like, he is, like, I'll, like, he'll, he'll go some point, Daffy. Like, we'll miss Modi Moore's coaching style, but him as a person has been, um, a fantastic journey. So, he will be, um, no doubt looking at the tape. They've got Tasmania, the Jack Jumpers, after this Wildcats game. Um, it's going to be a tough, tough stretch because it's in Tasmania as well, on the way back from Perth. Uh, I just feel as though this, it's not a critical juncture, but they have been showing signs. What they did in Sydney on Sunday was fantastic. Um, they just hadn't, didn't have the, the execution at the end there. Jackson Cartwright got caught out a little bit, but Modi Moore, if he's happy, I'm happy. Mm. Melbourne look the goods, don't they? Uh, as you say, yeah. just just dropped two. Um I feel Wrap like, it up, Steffi. Call it. Let's call it. Yeah. Melbourne are your champs. Honestly, I, I can't see anyone beating them in a five-game grand final series. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, they, unless there's injuries. You know, obviously injuries mean the world to teams. You've got to look at Zylan Cheatham's injury for the breakers. He's not due back to round 12. But yeah, Melbourne, uh, it, they are deep. 
They are maybe not as offensively gifted as other teams in this league, but Dean Vickerman and the Melbourne United um, ownership group have got a roster which can match anybody, and they are the reason why they're number one in this league because they have um, a really good support base and they've got a really deep, experienced team um, that goes very, very, very long into games. It just is it's unrelenting by the looks of it. It is wave after wave of, of international quality guys. We're talking to Andrew Mulligan. He's the voice of basketball on Sky Sport. I just want to quickly change tack on the NBA, and I'm going to issue you with a challenge. Can you please explain to me, in, in understandable terms, the mid-season or in-play tournament, whatever they've introduced into the NBA, how does it work and why is it good? No, I can't, Staffy, and it's been great to talk to you. <laughs> Okay, I was thinking, is it like the Ramsley Shield? Because if it is, I love it. Yeah, yeah. No, they've broken. They've obviously thirty teams in the, in the conferences. They've broken them down into uh, five groups of six, or is it six groups of five? Even I can't remember. And it's literally like mini standings, and they, these games count. Um, the in-season games count for regular season standings. But basically, what's going to happen is is that if you've got a, a poor in-season tournament ranking, you drop out of the running. And you won't make it into like the advanced stages of the in-season tournament, which I like the idea of. the The NBL had this in their first COVID season, where they had the NBL Cup, mm. which I which I quite enjoyed. But there were it was more games, it was extra games. The NBA haven't really done that, which is good to see. So, but it's it is a little bit confusing. I don't know where the fans where they sit with it, do they really care about an in-season tournament in the NBA? Was it brought in to maybe bring in teams whose whose fans and teams are out of the running for the NBA championship, but there's a tournament within a tournament, so they play, if you get, I don't know, Golden State are playing Boston, it's an NBA regulation game, but it also doubles as an in-tournament one, so there's two points tables for the same game. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and and it, it motivates fans like the Warriors might need to rest Steph Curry for an in-season game against the New York Knicks, and the Knicks might need to win this game. Um, well, you know, East-West, but that doesn't quite work. But if they, if that scenario happens, a team with a lesser record might play a little bit harder because the financial rewards of the team um, is is quite high for the in-season tournament. I don't know the figure off the top of my head, but it it just sort of engages the fan base a little bit more. But because it's the first season of it and it's just started. I don't think people really know too much about it or know it's happening, but they probably can't have it explained quite. I mean, there's like a two-minute explainer on YouTube released by the NBA to explain it, and I started watching the first 30 seconds, and I was like, I don't know. It doesn't really, it doesn't really, get, doesn't really get me fired up. I just want to know how my fantasy team is doing. Yeah, well, I quite like that the league is trying to do something for the fans, which is a really yes. cool idea, and it'll probably get ironed out over the next season or two to, to maybe simplify it. Well, I think we we just got to head around the play-in games for the playoffs. So, you know, and after the first year of that, everyone was like, oh, yeah, 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 that's quite cool. I quite like that. It motivates teams who are further down the standings to actually make a bit of a run for it because the way a lottery works now, it's not as hard, it's not as easy as a tank and get the the ping-pong ball. So I think the in-season tournament will take a while to bet in. And once it does, I think it'll um, it'll be off to a better start in the second time they do it. And finally, Melbourne Cup, did it treat you well? No, I'm hungover today too. <laughs> I'm poor for it. Drunk a lot, didn't back a winner, 
Heck of a yep. <laughs> yeah, put a tarp around me, Steffi, I'm done. <laughs> oh, brilliant, Miles. Uh, great catch-up, mate. Uh, we'll stay in touch, and uh, we'll look for uh, Parker Jackson, Cartwright, Modi Mayor, and the breakers just to slowly ascend their way up that table, eh? Yeah, I look forward to it. They're, uh, they're going to be on the rise, mate. Mark my words.